Blog Talk Radio. Are you driven by a passion to discover your divine destiny, ready to discover your purpose, and fulfill your God-given potential? You can at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane Sundays at 9 a.m. Rediscover the kingdom and discover your purpose, identity, and divine destiny. For more information, call 267-357-9816. The kingdom of God is now eternal, and it's your time. Don't miss your moments. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God will supply your needs. See you this Sunday at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane at 9 a.m. The Kingdom Church at Philadelphia, 6101 Lime Kiln Pike at Church Lane. Call 267-357-9816. This message paid for by the faithful supporters of Kingdom Vision Ministries International. Listen daily to www.247kingdomradio.com where Jesus is Savior, Lord, Owner, Master, and King. Good morning and God bless you on the radio station here in, this, in our meeting place here at uh, the Give Yourself Partnership Building here at Russell Plain in Philadelphia and via Facebook Live and by Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Vision Radio. Welcome to A Word for Kingdom Living here at the Kingdom Church of Philadelphia. I am your host, Bible teacher, Pastor Anthony Young. Welcome. All right, that's about as far as we're going to get. Now it's time to hit the word. Praise God. We just thank you for coming. This is the last Sunday, amen, of this decade. Wow. Not just, not just of, you know, the last Sunday of the year, but the last Sunday of this decade. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited for what God is doing, amen, in us and through us. And it's going to continue today. And so we're going to continue with the word that we've been talking about over the last several weeks, months, and I don't know when it's going to stop. I guess when the Holy Spirit says, all right, that's enough, they get me now. <laughs> we're going to continue to go. Praise God. So, amen. So, praise the Lord. So how are we looking on, on Facebook Live? No, okay. So right now I'm going to ask uh, Sister Jillian to come, amen, and, and lead us in prayer. And uh, whichever way, whatever way the Lord lead her to, to go, we're going to ask her to come, amen. So come on, Sister Jillian. Blessed the Lord, and teach everyone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Holy Father, thank you, Jesus, for this day, dear Lord, Father. For this is the day which the Lord has made. We shall rejoice, and we will be glad in it for dear Lord, Father. Thank you for those who are here. Thank you for those who are on their way, oh, dear Lord, Father. Bless this, this service in a really special way, oh, dear Lord, Father. Bless our brother, our pastor, dear Lord, that you will minister to him, that so he can minister to us, oh, dear Lord, Jesus. And you have an open air to receive, oh, dear Lord, Father. Open up our hearts and our minds to receive. Let's be hunger for his word this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Clear everything that is in without you in the midst this morning, oh, dear Lord, Father. Bless each and every one. Thank you, Jesus, for on their way, oh, dear Lord, Father, so that they may reach safely, oh, dear Lord, Father. Bless all the kids at this time, oh, dear Lord, Jesus. And Jesus most holy and precious name. Amen.
talking about myself this morning. You know, it's chaotic. But with him, it's in order because he's in charge. He's in control. Oh, God. And so, mutual encouragement was the hallmark of this meeting. They didn't have professional worship leaders, or and everyone had something to add, right? And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, it reads, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you have a song, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation, let all things be done unto edifying. Now keep that in mind, right? And then turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Bless your name, Holy Spirit. Bless your name, Father. Glory to God. Oh, this is good stuff. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 16, keep, keep 1 Corinthians 14, 26 in your mind now as I'm reading this. But let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. That's the key verse, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Ephesians 5. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 19. I'm, I'm trying to get all these out the way so I can just go ahead, you know. But Ephesians 5 and 19. Because this is the key, Lord God. I pray that others that are on their way here, they get here, amen, and let it get. Praise God. Oh, Lord. I'm going to start with verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I got to read verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So we hear throughout these whole entire verses, we don't see where it was supposed to be one person. And Paul, as he was doing these teachings, was talking about the meeting. He was talking about the fellowship of the believers. He wasn't talking about, you know, having a professional worship team. He wasn't talking about having a, a typed-up program. We go A, B, C, D, and you can look on your watch every week and know what time. And guess what? Some people do that. All right, it's time to, so they can know what time it's time for them to go out the door. <laughs> and so they did these things not understand. We do these things today not understand because, you know, the way we do church today came from Rome, came from the Holy Roman Empire, the Holy Roman, the Holy Catholic Church. That's where most of these ideas and this this liturgical worship came from. And, you know, today's church, we come together for worship, and we come together, you know, to hear the word. But that wasn't the total hallmark of the first century church. The first century church was based on one another. If I can <laughs> one another, yeah. That's a, that is a good note, yeah. It was based upon one another, edifying one another encouraging one another, building up one another. Whatever God put in their spirit for them 
them to do is what they did. Mutual edification was the primary goal of the early church, right? Those meetings, believers often, listen to this, believers often wrote their own songs. And I was just wishing that um, the brother we met on out of Allegheny uh, was here, Brother Willie, because it was a song he sang to us out there. When we, some of y'all were out there with us. And it was a song he sang out there, and he wrote that song. I wish he was here with us so he could sing it for us, and I was hoping he would be here. But it was a a song the Lord gave him in his spirit out of his love for the Lord. And so the early believers, I think about Sister Darlene, when she visited us and she wrote poems based on the message that she heard, the word that she heard from the Lord. Then she came back and created a poem out of it. It was whatever the Spirit led the believers to do in the beatings, they were led of the Spirit and they were empowered by the Spirit to do this. Everyone had the liberty, each person had the liberty to express their unique gift in the assembly. Every, listen, each person had the liberty, and we're living in freedom, right? To express, they mean, that means they had the ability, they had the liberty to stand up. What you say? Imagine standing up today while the pastor talks. Why the bishop preaching? Could you imagine standing up and just giving a word of exhortation or giving a word of prophecy? They'll have you sit down. They might have you escorted out the building. <laughs> because to them that was disorder. But no, it's the order of the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul and the apostles, you know, in 1 Corinthians chapters 11 through 14, you can read those on your own because those are going to be the verses we're going to be dealing with for the next several weeks and months, I believe. And so, in those, Paul helped them to get more because the Corinthian church was a very gifted church. You know, they had things going on, but they were disorderly because they didn't have care for one another. They were trying to bogart their way and use their gifts to just, you know, all right, I want to do this. And, and so they were, they were out of order. And so Paul came as the apostle to set the order in the house to help their meetings come into a flow. And really, that's the job of the apostles. That's really the job of the elders even in the assembly, to help things flow in an order. Not that nobody's in control. The Holy Spirit is in control, always in control. But, you know, you also have to have the discernment when somebody might be you know, off, okay, if I can say it like that way. You know, if you can part my rough speech. <laughs> but they're, 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 in case the order is a little bit off, but each person has the liberty to express their unique Gift and the meaning. Let's uh, turn to First Corinthians fourteen again. Try it now, lost because I came out of it. First Corinthians fourteen once again. This is a good example of that. Uh, I want to start at verse twenty-seven. Okay, verse twenty-six, which we already read. I'll start back there again. Right, and it says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you have a song, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. So the apostle was calling them and bringing the order. Right? And he said, Don't operate in your gift to be seen, is what he was saying. Don't operate in your gift to try to be seen. Don't operate in your gift to say, look how wonderfully anointed I am, hallelujah. 
with your chest poked out. He said, let everything be done to edify that everybody else will benefit from your gift, right? He said, if a man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most three, and that by course, in other words, in order. Don't have everybody, you know, that's speaking in tongues. Oh, God, I'm going to mess some Pentecostal churches up. All right? He said, if any man speaking in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or by most three, that by course, and let one interpret. In other words, there was even an order in the tongue talking. Let persons, you know, speak in tongues. Let them do it at one time. And then if somebody has the gift of interpretation, they can interpret the tongue to see if the things are lining up with the word of God or somebody just the flesh. Verse 28, uh-oh, my Pentecostal charismatic friends, I still love y'all. Y'all birthed me. But, but I got to tell you, if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. When I was in the Pentecostal church, man, we didn't deal with that verse. Come on, those of you know what I'm talking about. We, we, we read that and went past it like it didn't exist. Because people want to feel disordered because it, it may get, because, you know, we, you know, when we speak in tongues, we're edifying ourselves. It makes you feel good. But it's also a sign of immaturity. Paul was letting them know, I'm getting ahead of myself. I might as well go ahead. But to be, be disorderly, Paul was trying to tell this Corinthian church, you're gifted, but you're immature. And the, the sign of your immaturity is that you're out of order. You're disorderly. You're doing things to be seen. You're doing things not to build one another up, but to show how powerful I am, right? But he's saying, let them let there be an order, even in the tongues. But if there be no one that can that has the gift of interpretation, keep your mouth shut. You can. Do you know that you can pray in tongues to yourself? You can pray under your breath. You can. Just, you don't even have to be out loud with it. You can just. And you can just do it under your breath and do it as unto God. Verse 29, let the prophet speak, two or three, and let the others judge. If there's a word of prophecy, two or three with those who operate in the gift of prophecy. There's an order to it. You just don't know I'm prophesying. No, about you don't do it in order. And then as one of the, or two of the prophets are speaking, let the other prophet judge. And if anything be revealed to another that sit by, let the first hold his peace. In other words, if somebody else get a revelation before you even get it, they got it, and they want to speak it, then you keep your mouth closed and, and, and you know, obey the order of God, obey the order of the Holy Spirit by letting the other person see. That's what we don't want to do. We don't want to give place to one another. We don't want, oh, God, I read it earlier, how we supposed to, this thing is about us serving one another. This is about not trying to be, you know, ahead of everybody. But, no, if somebody else got a word and got a, a revelation or got an interpretation and they stand and say it and, and you just bubbling over, hold your peace. <laughs> if you bubbling over like that, it's still going to be hot when we get to you and let the other person just sit up. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, uh-huh. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Including me. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. Amen. Brother see, Alpha, if you didn't pick it up, he was talking about how that there's a verse of scripture that we esteem another higher than ourselves. That's it. There's no big eyes and little U's in the body of Christ. There's an order. There's a certain authority. There's different giftings. 
you know, by over another person in the Lord. Yes. <coughs> yes. One, one another. Yes. And in one another, we submit. We submit to one another. And our one another. Amen. Praise God. Verse thirty-one is the verse I wanted to get to. It says, "For ye all may prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be comforted." Let me get to this one from our Pentecostal charismatic friends. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, you ain't bubbling up so much that you just can't help yourself. You can't hold your peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one they use. They use this like fire, shut up in your bones. Okay, if it's burning that high, it's still be burning when we get to <laughs> Yes, ma'am. It says, for we all may prophesy, may, may prophesy, because if we go back a few shots, okay, you want me to go back there, but we don't go back there. All prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted in the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. Now, I was saying, but the key of this is that all may prophesy that all may learn, that all may be comforted, because it's about one another. It's about everyone being built up. It's about everyone receiving the gift of God. It's about everyone receiving and learning. And we supposed to be anointed to teach one another. We all come to be. The meaning is about us coming to learn from one another. See, when you're in a race and, and you're in this thing, you want to know that it just ain't you. And that's why we come together. We have testimony services. It's not just about. And see, we have testimonies of victory, and they're all victorious. But sometimes we hide the part about the struggle. And we hide the part because guess what? We all dealing with something. We're all going through something. We're all pressing through. Peter said it like this, that, you know, we're all going through something in this world. There's not one of us that's not going through a certain thing. But we come together. We know that I'm not alone. He said that you will understand that all your brothers everywhere, they all going through persecution. They all going through suffering. They're all going to through a place and going through a, a time in their lives and in their in this power where we all learn, we all being built up. The Holy Spirit is dealing with all of us in our lives and trying to bring us to a place. So it just ain't, ain't us alone. We we can't be like Elijah. Lord, I'm the only one left. <laughs> but God had to remind him, nah, bro. <laughs> I got seven thousand who have bowed their knee to bail. So when we come together, we know, all right, it's just not me dealing with some stuff. But when you want to see, but in the religious church, everybody want to look ultra spiritual. Everybody, and so really the, the way it's set up is not designed for transparency. They talk about being transparent, but that's so they can be nosy and get the business, <laughs> right? But it's not about, see, when I show see, it's about one another being able and having the vulnerability and the transparency to show one another each other's scars. Paul, Jesus talked about to follow me, you got to pick up your, I was listening to it this morning in Matthew, about if you don't pick up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of me. What is picking up your cross? Whatever you, you whatever's causing your flesh to die. Whatever you're dealing with in your life that's causing that old man to die, he said, you better pick it up and, you, and follow me. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I think me and uh, Sister Odile were talking about this morning, how Paul talked about dying daily and how we always talk in the body of Christ of dying to self. And it's like a cliche, it's like a colloquialism. I'm sold out for God. But I'm convinced that we really don't know and understand what that really means. Paul talked about, we were talking about this morning, how that he was at the end when he was writing his letters to Timothy, how he said, I am now poured out like a drink offering. In other words, you know, the drink offering was part of the Jewish thing, where it was part of, you know, their ritual, part of their thing. But he was saying he was poured out like a drink offering. In other words, he was saying, my life is not my own. I'm poured out. The things that I want to do, I, you know, I can't do. Paul said something like this when he said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. In other words, he said, he in a place he kind of said it like this, I'm actually kind of doing this against my will. Yeah, I'm preaching this thing against my will, but woe is me, is me if I don't do it. And so that's the same thing he's asking from us. Jesus Death on the cross didn't take place on the cross. It took place in the garden. <laughs> when he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. He kept asking God. He was begging, Lord, if there be some other way, let this cup pass. But nevertheless, and see, that's the place we all got to get to. We got to get to a place of nevertheless. Oh, my God. Job said it like this, though he slayed me, <laughs> yet will I trust him. Job didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't have the Holy Ghost. He, he thought, you know, things was going wrong. He must have sinned against God. But he didn't know that his name came up in heaven. <laughs> he didn't know that his name came up at the throne of God, and God was trying to show the devil through Job's life. Look here. Check out my boy Job. Check him out. Yeah, yeah, I see you going through up and down through the earth, but have you checked my boy Job out? Have you been by his house? Now, go down. He said, no, 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 no. See, you got that hedge around him. You got that protection around him. But if you take it off, I'm going to make him curse you to your face. So God said, go ahead. But don't hurt his life. In other words, see, that's what we got to remember. The enemy might come at us, but he's still a pawn in God's chess game. He's still a toy. He's still God's dog. All right? God's still got that joke on one reign. He's still got a leash on that joke. And guess what? He's empowered us. He's giving us authority. Luke 10 and 19, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. So guess what? That same leash that God got on the belt, he gave that leash to us. He said, you. But he gave us the Holy Spirit. He says, he, he gave us the baton. He gave us the power. And he handed the leash to us. Go ahead. He's going to come. Jesus, at the end of his life, when they begin to come, he said, the enemy coming. But he have nothing in me. In other words, the enemy is coming to attack. The enemy is coming to do what he will, but there's nothing in me that he can attach himself to that's going to cause me to give up my destiny, that's going to cause me to give up my purpose, that's going to cause me to sell out and compromise to the will of God. We got to get to that place. Oh, God, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, uh oh. Uh oh. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yes. 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 Yes
Come on. Amen. That's it. Yeah. Come out of it. Well, we're going to be talking about that. That's coming out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on. Go ahead. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that 
being there. That means somebody in your spirit, something in your spirit told you you need to be there. <laughs> you need to be coming there. You need to be you need to be on your way there. And so, oh my God. We slow up our own progress. We slow up our own maturity when we buck against what God is telling us. And I have a personal altar call hold for that. Amen. But raise that. When we, we don't when we buck against what God is trying to do, we delay our progress, we delay our maturity, we delay everything that God wants to bring into our lives because we're blocking ourselves by not submitting, not coming. But, amen, back to what we're talking about here. <laughs> but that's the thing about that coming together, one another. The gathering is not coming. See, in today's church, is about coming to get yours, Right? coming to get what God got for me and you go home and go out the door. But no, the meeting, the first meeting was about ministering to one another. Each person had the liberty to express their unique gift in the meeting, right? We read that and we read uh, 1 Corinthians 14, that everybody, you know, that was just an example of the prophets prophesying in course, speaking in tongues, doing it in a certain order, but everybody being able to benefit, right? Now, as we study 1 Corinthians 11 through 14, we see how every member was actively involved, right? They had a freedom. There was a freedom. There was an openness. There was a spontaneity. Wow. The chief marks of the meeting was one another, as I said. It was the dominant feature. And mutual edification was the primary goal. Mutual edification, mutual growing, growing from one another's gifts, being impacted by one another's gifts, right? Yes, one another and being about the other person, looking at the other person to be greater than yourself. And Christ was the director of the New Testament meeting. It was about Jesus. It was about the move of the Holy Spirit in the midst of the meeting. That's how they moved. That's how the, it was about everyone having a song, everyone having a hymn, everyone having a revelation, but all things being done for the edifying of the body, right? The new church, church meeting was highly dependent upon the lordship of Jesus. The New Testament church meeting was highly dependent upon the lordship of Christ. It wasn't about a man or a woman stand up before you and pontificating and lording over you and you know, running the whole thing. You know, it was about the lordship of Jesus. How is Jesus moving in our hearts? How was Jesus? Oh, God, Jesus was totally preeminent. He was the center and the circumference of words. The meeting was about him. <laughs> the whole meeting surrounded his agenda. He was the center of it all, right? And though he was invisible, Though Christ, the Spirit of God, is invisible, we could see that they could see his mark on the meeting. They can see by how everyone's, they can see the people's maturity through everyone serving one another through their gifts, through their anointings, through their callings. They could see the move of God. They can hear how, they can hear testimonies, they can hear songs, they can hear the revelations of God through one another. And it showed how God was moving upon everyone's life, right? The purpose of the body of Christ is to express the life that is in it, 
But I mean, the purpose of the body, the body of Christ, is to express the life of Christ that's in it. If Christ is the center of our lives, if Christ is, if Christ wants to express Himself through us, that's our purpose. Our purpose when we come together is for Christ to express Himself through each of us. Everyone has the freedom to minister. I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but everyone has the freedom to minister as the Spirit leads in the meeting. Yeah. Everyone has the freedom to minister as the Spirit leads in the meeting. So if the Lord gives you a revelation, if the Lord gives you a, a prophecy, if the Lord gives you an interpretation, if he gives you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, you have the responsibility, you have, hey, you have the ability to just stand up and do what God has given you and give that we all might learn, that we all might grow, right? Amen. What gives us that freedom? What gives us that freedom? How do we know? What, what, what causes us to understand that we all have this freedom to operate and function in these meetings? To operate and function because we have all been made priests. When we got born again, we were made priests unto God. Turn with me to First Peter chapter two. First oh, Peter chapter two. First Peter 2, I'm going to start at verse 5. And it says, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are living stones. It's not about the brick and mortar of a building, but we are individually are living stones. We are the building of God. We are the building of the Holy Spirit. We house the Holy Spirit and because of the Holy Spirit in us, we've been deputized. We've been authorized to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Therefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disappointed, went unto also they were appointed. Verse 9, but ye are a chosen generation, right? We know this verse, right? A royal priesthood, a holy nation. A peculiar people that you show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So now, because of the mercy of God, because of the power of God, because now we are now born again, anointed with his spirit, we have been given the power to be priests of God, to offer up spiritual sacrifices. Those spiritual sacrifices, are, and we talked about earlier, not wanting to be comfortable, not being in our comfort zone, but coming together and serving one another in love, serving one another, oh, God, using our gifts, using our abilities, using our God-given talents 
in the midst of the assembly that we all might grow, that we all might learn. We are all been made priests. Um, we all know this verse too, but it doesn't help to be reminded Revelation chapter 1. Okay, Lord. Revelation chapter 1. Wow. Okay. Verse 4. Right. And it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who was the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and have made us kings and priests unto God his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. So he has made us kings and priests. He has created us to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God. Spiritual sacrifice, that means offering our gifts up. That means not holding back. See, in the religious system, they wanted you to sit on the bench. They made it uh, to the point, I mean, you know, they assigned people to certain things. They could do certain things, but it was all under the control of the system. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. Sacrifices. 
Well, we were talking about earlier and talked about, I mean, I know how I'm even being dealt with right now about giving of myself, about dying to things that I might want to do, you know, for the sake of the body. Jesus Christ, when he died, God gave his son, right, for the world. He gave his son. His son gave his life. The, the love that God is offering us together is a, is a love that gives, is a love that sacrifices. Um, you know, we're going to uh, celebrate our uh, New Year's celebration coming up here on Tuesday. And the thing I, I, I want to talk about is not, you know, be the typical, um, you know, teaching, casting that they do, you know, in religion, but what I want us to do and help us all to do is to, whatever God is placing our spirits to do, that we go ahead and do it, that we move beyond just understanding and knowing the words and the verses concerning the kingdom, concerning the kingdom of God, that we become the word. Jesus was the word made flesh, right? And so now, in our lives, that the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us, God wants us to become the Word made flesh. In other words, in the lives of one another and the lives of others. And uh, so that, you know, that's particularly what we want to talk about. Um, let's go to First Corinthians, once again, chapter 11. Anyone have anything they want to add? Question, comment? Uh Talked about this before, but just this, this one another thing. <laughs> Chapter 12, you know, but you know, even before we get, go into that, um, I think we're going to have um, Jillian come and uh, lead us in worship. Everyone has a song in their heart, a testimony. A word of revelation, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. <laughs> okay. I'm <laughs> 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 
Thank you for traveling. <laughs> it's a blessing. It's a blessing. <laughs> when I when I check myself, I say, wait, my dad is going to be seventy, and I can't. I mean, I have to get, take my whole family back. You know, it was his will to come up to us instead of we coming down to him in Trinidad. So just want to give God thanks and praise for that. Mm-hmm. So, anybody have anything else to say? So let's just stand and go to worship this morning. Yes. <laughs>
Thank you for the triumph, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that we're the head and not the tail, Lord God. That we're all lonely and not beneath, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for healing us, Lord God, and blessing us, Lord God. We thank you for favor, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, Lord God. And every time that rises against us in judgment, Lord God, we shall condemn, Lord God, for this is our heritage, Lord, and our righteousness is of you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. <laughs> oh, Lord, the only thank you to say, Lord God, we had a thousand tongues, Lord God. We couldn't praise you enough, Lord God. Oh, God, there's not enough words in our English vocabulary, Lord God. We give glory to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day, Lord God. Our daily bread, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Bless your name. Oh, you are worthy. You are worthy. Worthy, Jesus. Worthy, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. Hallelujah. You're worthy. Oh, yes, Lord. In spite of it all, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, God. We pour on the God and the praise right now. Ah, yes, God. Glory to your name, Father. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You are, oh God, the garment of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Oh, we thank you for access, Lord God. Access to your throne, Lord God. Access to your riches, Lord God. Your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that we have everything we need for life, health, and ministry, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that by faith, Lord God, that we have the God kind of faith, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Yes, God. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Yes, God. Lord, we praise you. 
But what we what we're about to encounter, what we're about to experience in 2020, whether it be here amongst one another or out there, we're gonna need the faith of God. We're gonna really need. I mean, God is dealing with me on a, 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 a level now of faith where He's just showing me. I don't know about anybody else, but man, this thing is about faith because we all know all types of things have come at us this past year. <laughs> yeah. All types of things that we've had to deal with throughout this year. And from the even the year before, the end, the Lord was dealing with me about faith. I need to know if you're going to really learn how to trust me. I really need to know because what's about to happen, what you're about to go on to before anything happens, before any losses, anything that we experienced throughout this year happened, God was dealing with me about trusting him fully. And so here in Luke 18, the Lord tells the parable starting at verse 1, right? And it says, he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always to pray and not faint, saying there was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. <laughs> and she came unto him, saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with him? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Amen. Will he find this kind of faith that's persistent? God is looking for a persistent and consistent faith that is not moved by circumstances, that's not moved by situations, not moved by our bank accounts, not moved by family situations. Anything that's going on, because I'm going to tell you, everything that's going on in front of us that we see in this room, and I'm trying not to go too fast, because this is how it is, and I get excited. <laughs> but he wants us to know that everything that's happening in front of us that we see in this present realm is temporary and subject to change. Subject to change. Everything that we're experiencing is subject to change. The circumstances, the situation, right? Our, our financial situations, the things, our age, no matter the, the stages of life that we're going through are all subject to change. But with that, we got to know that we're here on assignment. We got to understand that regardless of what's going on, we're here on assignment. No matter the circumstances, no matter the situations standing in front of us, that we've got an assignment to do. Jesus said like this, we talked about it earlier. He talked about picking up your cross, right? He said, pick up your cross and follow me. For if you pick up, don't pick up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of me. In other words, he said, there's some things that's going to cause a death to you. There's some things that's going to cause the old man to fall off because we want our God. I know sometimes I still want to be in charge. I still want to control how things are going to turn out. I still want to control the narrative things. I came in here this morning and you know, had to rush around to do some things because well, we know now. Praise God. 
quickly. Now, I want to think to fall on a certain line, and because they didn't, I began to get one. But the Lord said, no, 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 no. You got to understand this is about my agenda. This is about my program. And no matter what's going on in front of you, I have given you the grace, I have given you the strength, I have given you the ability to wear it, because no matter what you're going through, it's causing the oil to be pressed out of you. I'm causing an anointing to be upon you, because what he's allowing you to go through, he's taking you through, that's that school for you, that's training for you, that's training for us. To learn that whenever we are going through, it's not even about what we're dealing with, but the others that are attached to us, that are connected to us, those who we have impacted. They're watching us. They're watching us. We are written epistles, read of men. They might not come up in here, but they'll come to your house, right? You'll pass them walking down the street in the neighborhood. Now, I live in an apartment complex. I live with other people, and I encounter people every day. And the thing, and they're watching. They might not be saying anything, but they're seeing how we handle things, yes. Yes. how we handle circumstances, how we handle life. And you know, I've sat in on twelve-step uh, meetings, and a lot of times in those twelve-step meetings, they talk. Of, you know, you hear them say things. Well, if you haven't, you know, had my drugs, if you haven't had my issues, then you can't speak to it. And I heard that, and I said, okay, I can get with that. But then again, the drug issue, the alcoholism, the overeating, whatever it happens to be, was how they handled life. And I'm saying we might have all gone down the same path, but we have all, and we are all experiencing life. No matter what, on what circumstance, no matter what season, no matter what level it is, we are all experiencing life and how we handle it. Amen. It's going to produce more. <laughs> the way that we handle it is going to produce what, how we go, how we go in the future. Those that got on drugs, those that got on alcohol, is how they handled life. Those who rob, steal, kill, no matter what they do, uh, illicit sex, no matter what it is, is how they handled life. It's not about the issue itself, but what caused the issue. What caused them to go in that direction? What caused you to go in that direction? And now that we are born again, we have to show them a different way. We have to show them a different way. We have to know that if we say we believe God, if we say we trust God, if we say he's our Lord, Master, we have to show it by works. We have to show it. We have to let it be seen by how we react to situations. Sometimes in the midst of situations, we got to shut up. Amen. We got to sit down. We, got, we can't react so quickly. Right. I, I feel like preaching. We, can't, we, we, gotta, we, gotta act. We, can't, we can't rely and act so quickly. And sometimes, you know, I, I, I was once married. Amen. I was once married. And sometimes when you come through the door, right, she want to hit you. All this stuff, all this stuff. I'm like, okay. I understand. <laughs> you want to, you got all this stuff, you, but can you give me a moment <laughs> to get the day off? <laughs> right? Can you give me a moment? And sometimes when things come at us, we want to, and yes, there are some things that we do need to handle immediately, but not everything deserves your immediate attention. Not everyone, and I'm learning this now, not everybody's emergency is an emergency for you in that moment. And 
circumstances and things seem like they're coming at you, they're coming at you, they're coming at you. And one of the things that I'm learning and one of the things God is dealing with me in this season is about distractions. About distractions. I catch myself. I'm supposed to be studying the Word. And I'm reading the Word, I start, then I pick that phone up. And I got to get on that, checking that Facebook. Do you ask yourself, why am I doing this? I'm supposed to be studying this Word. Put that phone back down. You want it. Oh, I need to. And you're checking your email, and you're checking Instagram, and you're checking Twitter, and you're checking your voicemail, and all these things. Life itself, everything is calling for our attention. You remember when Jesus at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house, and Mary is sitting down listening to the words of Jesus, and Martha was running around. The Bible says she was encumbered about much care. Everything was perfect. She was trying to make sure everything was perfect. I said, Jesus, you need to tell my sister to get her off of behind and help me. Y'all mind me using that little illustration <laughs> there. And Jesus said, oh, no, so she need, see, you need to chill yourself. We didn't ask you to do all that. You need to do all that because what Mary is doing, she's receiving what she needs. She's receiving health. She's receiving nourishment. She's receiving the peace. She, she, she's deciding to bask in the peace. Oh, God, that's good right there. She's deciding to bask in the peace of God. She's deciding to sit down. Everything else can wait. I'm putting everything to, to the side, and I'm listening to the words of Jesus. So, you know, you, you care about a lot of things, but this is the, the best part, and this is what I'm trying to get you to do, because you know you're doing all this stuff. Ain't nobody swapping you, baby. <laughs> you're running around doing all this, covering about all this stuff. And so life tries to demand things from us. And yes, there are things we need to take care of. And there are things that we need to deal with. But if you're not doing it in the peace of God, if the peace of God is not leading us and guiding us, I'm sharing with you, this is personal for me. If the peace of God is not leading you and guiding you, you're going to be off. You're going, if you're handling things, in the emotional realm, and not that God didn't give us emotions, he gave us emotions, God gets angry. God has joy, right? God gets sorrowful. But those things were given to us as a barometer, not to be led by, we're supposed to be led by our spirit man, but they are barometers to help us, you know, check out the atmosphere, as it were. But God wants us to have such a peace. Oh, my God, that's why I, 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 I use, this, use it again. The woman caught the adultery. I love this thing because Jesus was a bad boy, man. <laughs> Jesus is a bad boy in this situation. When they came and threw him down, they wanted an immediate answer. Jesus, they started playing. Jesus, this woman. And Jesus didn't get caught up in their stuff. And while it was all going on, see, sometimes we get in situations and God wants to see how you react. God wants to see if you're going to tap into what the Spirit is saying, are you going to answer with your, oh, God, what you say? Or you want to just, I've been in a situation. Don't you hear me talking to you? No, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. You know, but um, right now is not the time. <laughs> You know, right now I say, give me about an hour, give me about an hour. Let me come. You can just let, let me have it, right? But in the midst, circumstances, situations, they running at you. No, we need this. We need to do this. We need to do that. <laughs> Ladies, I love you. <laughs> I, used to, I used to work at, at a Christian bookstore. And I just want to use an example because, you know, you see this woman here, she was persistent, right? 
But this is just a little story. I'm going to get off of it. But this one sister, she was at the bookstore, and she came up with a little item and asked me to you know, check the price. Then she started asking me about that item. And then she started asking me about that item. And I'm like, wait a minute, I ain't answered the first question yet. <laughs> and she just kept bombarding me with all these things. But she was persistent. She ain't let me on it. So I took my time with her. But I just thought that was amusing because I'm sitting up there because, you know, with my brain, I'm just, you know, I'm focusing on this one thing. I'm not ready. Because she was, like, coming with everything that was on her mind, on her heart. And just like this, <laughs> with this unjust judge, right, she had a case, right? She had a case that she brought before a man that she knew, a man whose job it was to give her justice, right? Not only he was obligated, it was, he was a judge, right? If she had a case, she was the, he was the one that she was supposed to present it to, right? Let me go back to it again. There was in the city, verse 2, hope I didn't get too off track here, saying there was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man, and there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but after what he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this woman troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by the word there is continual coming, she weary me. <laughs> her continual coming. She had a persistence. She had a, apparently had a consistence. She was coming. Not just she didn't just come that one day. She was coming every day. Hey y'all know what? The Big Bang Theory. Sheldon, he's knocking your door. He called Pop. Whatever his girl's name. I can't remember. He called him. He knocked. He knocked. Did you open that door? And so that was this woman every day knocking on the door. And so sometimes that's what God want to know. God want to know how bad do you want? How bad do you believe? How bad do you trust? I know we were told in the world that if we keep on repeating the prayer, that shows a lack of faith. And even in that, I'm not sure, but we just remind God of his word. You got children, right? You had children. If you told them you was going to do something for them, oh, yeah. They remember that thing. And even though you told me you're not going to do it till tomorrow, they come up to you, we go on again. I said tomorrow, okay, tomorrow, all right, then they go away, then they come back later, we go on. <laughs> you said we were going, right? We going? Yeah, yeah. And they keep coming, time after time after time. And so, just like you, that patient man, <laughs> you're patient. <laughs> and so, not till tomorrow. Just like I said, you're not going till tomorrow. And so, but God is that same way. He, because guess what? That child kept coming to you because that child knows that you're good for your word, right? Yeah. They know that you got the power to do what you said you was going to do. So they was just in that little innocent way reminding you, you said that. So that's the way that God wants us to be with him. He wants us to understand that, okay, God, he said, though they come to him day and night, Right? Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her. Let's fire continue coming to me. She weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. He'll come to it quickly. Sometimes we experience things, we go through different things in life, and we're like, Lord, you need to hurry up. Right? <laughs> He wants you to do it. He wants you to take care of it now. But then when he show up and he do it, okay, 
And then you can see after he does it, how he folds it afterwards. Right? <laughs> afterwards. But he wants us to have this type of faith that no matter what's going on, no matter how persistent, no matter. I remember the had a daughter that had a death. She was she was caught. No, she was uh, possessed by a devil. So a Phoenician woman. She was a, a Gentile, and she came to Jesus. You know, to have this, to have her daughter here, daughter of my son of man, son of David. Okay, son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil, and you come, and the Bible says that the Lord turned his back to this woman and began to talk to his disciples. Said he only is the children's way. Yeah, it's not meat. It's not sufficient. It's not wise to cast. The children's bread to the dogs. But then she said, yeah, well, but even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. God saw, Jesus saw her persistence. He said, oh, girl, go ahead now. You didn't, you didn't bother me now. You, 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 didn't take, you didn't get offended by the fact I didn't answer you right away. You didn't get offended by the fact that it seemed that I was ignoring you. <laughs> ah, come on. Sometimes we pray and there's a silence. <laughs> and we, okay, God, what's up? You're not answering me? But he was trying to see how much patience you got. He want to see if you really want that thing or you want to be persistent enough to keep coming after. He didn't, she didn't care about God insulting her. She didn't care about Jesus. Yeah, she was a Gentile, so he called her a dog. You know, yeah, yeah, the dogs eat from <laughs> It's not... It's not meat. It's not necessary. It's not fitting that we should give the children's bread to the dogs, to those who are not connected. You say, yeah, Lord, or, yeah, okay, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But I'm gonna eat. Yeah, if you throw the crumbs on the table, on the floor, I'm gonna eat. Yeah. I'm gonna go after that because I know you got the power to take care of my calamity. I know you got the right to go ahead and home, girl. Your daughter is delivered. She's set free. Why? Because of her persistence. Because of her consistency, this woman, she continually <laughs> knocked on this man's door. God wants to continually knock on his door. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, right? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly and high, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But he wants you to come. He wants you to come. He wants you to to, 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 to chase Adam. He wants to know, and not that we have to beg God, but he wants to know, do you, looks like nothing's going on. And it looks like nothing is happening. When the atmosphere seems quiet, then you know he wants to know, when I return, are we going to have somebody, not only that, when I think about it, this woman understood her rights as a citizen of that country. She understood her citizenship rights that this judge not only had the ability, but he is required by law because this was his job. This is what he was he was called on. He's a judge. He's supposed to hear cases and give a verdict. And because she knew her rights as a citizen, that you, it's your job to give me justice, she was bold in her She was bold in her She was bold in her not. And God says, but when the Son of Man returns, well, I find this kind of faith. Well, I find somebody that understands their citizenship rights. 
Well, I'll find somebody that understands that they are a son, that they are a daughter, that they belong to me, and what I have belongs to them. Yeah. It's like the, 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 the prodigal son, the, the older brother. Older brother said, all this time I've been here, you didn't throw no party for me, you didn't kill the fatty cat. He said, boy, you already here. And you already had access to everything I had. You're my son. You're here with me. You're living with me. You abide with me. We got unbroken fellowship. See, your brother broke fellowship, so I had to restore him. But you've been here all this time. You've been always connected to me. Look, you could have went in the barn and got your own cat. <laughs> yeah, you could have called your friends over and had a party anytime you wanted. Why? Because you're still here with me. We're connected. What's mine is yours. And that's what God wants us to understand in this upcoming 2020, this upcoming year. What I have belongs to you, and you belong to me. He is mine, and I'm his. This old song used to say, He is mine, and I am his. His battle over me is love. <laughs> God, he, oh my God, that we have been caused to be brought into unbroken fellowship with the Father. That how we should live life and be far from us. He's not at a distance. That's the thing that we have to learn and really get in our minds that he's not at a, at a distance. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about me too. He's not distant from us. He's right beside us. Remember, he resides in us. He said, not only will I be with you, but I'll be in you. We have access to everything God has. We are joint heirs with Christ, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Everything he has belongs to us. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit already resides on the inside of us. It's there. But in order, amen, for it to come forth, we got to let it be nurtured. We got to let it be uh, cultivated amongst one another. On the outside there, and oh God, He's using me now. He's exercising, causing me to develop the fruit of patience, develop the fruit of long suffering, Amen. Develop the fruit of temperance, and amongst when we deal with one another, that's what's going on. How we respond it shows what how our fruit is being developed, how mature we are in the moment. Yeah, that yeah yeah, Jonathan, that mature maturity in the moment. That's what he's looking for. That's what he's expecting. That's what he's inspecting of us. And so he said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find this kind of faith? Will he find a person that doesn't give up? Will he find somebody that's consistent and persistent in their seeking of me? Will I find somebody persistent and consistent? Will I find somebody that knows their citizenship right? Well, they know that they're not just a citizen of God's kingdom, but they're a son, but they're a daughter. Well, they understand that. And so I just want to leave you with that quick little short, short word. Amen. Because that's what he wants, man. And, yeah, we're going, to, we're going to continue this on. Praise God. We're going to continue this on on this upcoming New Year's Eve, 730. Uh, we're going to talk about a whole lot of things. I have some things in my heart, some things I want to present, because um, this upcoming year, my dream, my heart, I want to see is for us to really bond as a body. I, I want to really see fellowship develop outside of here. And I know, and 
God. Thank God for technology because I know we can't always meet at the same place at the same time, but God has developed technology where we'll be able to do some things. But I'll wait until, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. But you'll be able to do this. You'll be able to do this. But there's some things that we're going to present. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That we're going to be developing. So, with that being said, amen. Anything anybody else has in their heart? Come speak now. <laughs>
That's what we're that's what we're going from. That's the direction that we're going. So Amen. Amen. So as they said, no, it's just an all mind square. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again, Lord God, for this gathering, for this meeting, Lord God, for these your people, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord God, for your instruction. We thank you, Lord God, for, oh God, your word, for your power, for your strength, Lord God. We thank you for the joy. We thank you for what you're doing in this upcoming season with us, Lord God, that you're taking us to new levels, new heights, Lord God. Oh God, that you're, oh God, leading us and guiding us, Lord God, going through and breaking through our comfort zones and going through the things and coming out of those places of comfort, Lord God, where we can be more used of you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the accountability, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the fellowship of your Holy Spirit with us, Lord God, and with one another, Lord God. We thank you right now for Dr. Lennon, Lord God. We thank you for traveling grace. We thank you for traveling mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for you know, for advancing him, Lord God, for increasing his borders, increasing the influence of your kingdom, Lord God. And while he's there, Lord God, that there will be a mighty outpouring of your word. There will be a mighty outpouring of your kingdom, Lord God, that minds will be changed, hearts will be transformed, Lord God, and lives, Lord God, will come into your kingdom, Lord God, that they will learn their identity, Lord God, who you truly created them to be, Lord God, as you're doing here with us, Lord God. I thank you for each one here, Lord God, represented even where they're in this room or they're even home right now, Lord God. And those either on Facebook or even the radio broadcast, Lord God, I thank you for their lives right now. I thank you for their victory right now, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for, oh God, for for growing them and, you know, promoting them, Lord God, and and prospering them, Lord God, some 30, some 60, and even a hundredfold, Lord God. We thank you for healing, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for strength, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for family reconciliation, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for salvation, Lord God, of, of family members, Lord God, that their eyes would be open, Lord God, and that their ears would hear, Lord God, that you would tear down every stubborn wall of the enemy, Lord God, that's trying to block this word, that's trying to block this revelation from reaching them, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you want to use us. Use us even the more. Have your way in our lives. We will continue to give you the praise. We'll continue to give you the glory. We'll tell you of others, Lord God, and we'll tell one another that it was you that did it. And we give you the praise right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Y'all know how we do the offerings. You know, we don't do it in the formal thing here. <coughs> Amen. So, until we see each other again on uh, New Year's Eve, Tuesday night. All right. See y'all. Okay. <laughs>
Yeah, I'm going to go 